0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn
1: users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you
0: can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
2: Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. It is thursday not tuesday but because james benj conveniently got delayed at an airport which airport was it it was
1: verona airport which is um the one of the one of the tiniest pokiest airports you'll ever go to um sort of 40 people queued around the one restaurant which only sold burgers um four and a half hours there so uh, yeah unfortunately sorry for missing our recording charles
2: Yes, so that's why we're recording this on a Thursday rather than Tuesday. So it was going to be a sort of Champions League pre-match um, podcast stroke show. But now it's a post-match uh, one. And and yeah, plenty to talk about. It was a fun, fun night last night.
1: We were both going to say beforehand, weren't we? Arsenal are absolutely going to batter this lot. Uh, 4-0, might be was going to be. Yeah. I, and I said, I said all along, I said... Zinchenko, David, Raya, they're all starting. Uh, but don't worry. We won't be worried at all about what that means for the derby. Um, these preview pods are really easy to do after the game.
2: They are. They are. Um, yeah, you dried out much from uh, from last night. A little, a little bit wet. <laughs> not, not, not the best conditions, is it?
1: Um, it was absolutely I've never known sort of rain like this. It's it wasn't it was torrential, but for about eight hours straight. So While we're on that subject, I went, um, I'm getting married in, in April, pity poor Hannah, who was committed to that. Um, And I went suit shopping, uh, went to uh, a lovely place, Edward Sexton yesterday and uh, come in, you know, you you want to look and feel your best, don't you? When you're going to try on your suit for your wedding. And I'm there sort of drenched in rain um, thinking, God, you know, I've got to go to the football later as well. I'm going to look an absolute state. Uh, And... Sam's taking me up says a big fan of you and Charles. I was like, "What on earth is he talking about?" But anyway, thank shout out to Sam Kerr, Edward Sexton, if you're watching. Um, thanks so much for your help. And uh, yeah, maybe next time we do one of these, I'll be wearing a suit, um, smartening the smartening the joint up a bit because we're both looking a bit scruffy, aren't we?
2: Well, that that sounds like a, a potential show sponsor to me. There, James were you uh, were you doing some uh, were you doing some networking while you were there? I'm... Sponsored by Savile Row. Hmm.
1: What about if we had like yeah bruised banana in the lining of the suits? Oh there my god, you go. that's actually a really good idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we didn't even talk about it. Is it. The fancy new intro did it? It, it just went totally unnoticed at the start. There it was it, the w- it's Watson Ben's new intro. We've got our own extra time intro now.
1: It's it's like you've made a real commitment. I mean, on the subject of marriage, you've now made this real commitment to me, haven't you? That intro yeah. is that's, that is you know, that is a, that is the
2: long haul. That is bigger piece of commitment as you're ever going to get from me there exactly. it's all i need okay. i know and the outro we've got an outro as well we've got the I,
1: I, honestly i almost want to rush through this just to see the outro which you is even better. See the
2: bruised banana outro rather than there you go get that again have that in your seat are you, are you what is your color scheme for your wedding mine was very much red and white is you, have you been allowed to do that <laughs> no <I don't.
1: laughs> there's no red there's no white i keep i keep hinting to people sort of like you know if you want to go and get the Arsenal first team to to record me a congratulations message, you, you probably need to get in touch
2: with this list of people quite soon, um, and no one seems keen to do it. I think you've pissed far too many of those Arsenal players off for them to record you any sort of <laughs> message. <anybody> <laughs> yeah, my I, my my wedding was red and white. It was one of the few things I basically let my wife do everything apart from the table names, who were named after my favourite Arsenal players, and I had. I'm know, not getting that things designed so i was sitting on the david rowcastle and dennis Burkamp table and uh and yeah then my suit not the suit wasn't red and white but the tie and and everything like that was very much arsenal colors and uh, that was that that was as much input as i had in my wedding as you know that that is more than i
1: get I I I will be very lucky to get anything red or, or white past by Hannah and uh, Emily the planner. I think I feel like it's going to be an Arsenal free zone. I definitely am not getting table names, which is a real shame because you know I think but I think also it's because it's like but it's very obvious there'd be a very obvious level of sort of preference and whoever wow. gets sort of especially after last night whoever gets sort of Bukayo Saka's table and Martin Odegaard's table. Knows they are. I the most had seven equivalent. I
2: had seven tables, I think. Yeah, it, it's it a little game going a bit off piece here. Can you guess? I've already given you two of them. And I had I couldn't choose who was top table between rowcastle Castle and and uh Bergkamp, so I had both. I cheated and because uh, I couldn't make that decision. But who are the other tables? I probably I think I had six others. I'm not sure I remember them all, but I I remember some. Who do you reckon I had?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, absolutely Ian Wright. I'm kind of surprised I, that wasn't your top table. I definitely table. I definitely had
2: Ian Wright, yes. Uh
1: I mean, assume Thierry. Yeah. Uh, so, Bergkamp.
2: Yeah, he nope. wasn't. He was top table. Yeah. Pires. I did have Robert Bobby. Yeah. I'm not. yeah and you're quite early '90s as well, aren't you? So I'm gonna have to assume Tony Adams. Tony was there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I remember there. There was definitely two more, and I can't remember one of them. I remember one. I don't think you're gonna get. Um, Limpar. Think, think of, I
1: know you like Andrews Limpar I didn't like him that much.
2: Like, think of um, Merce. I didn't have Merce, and no. I think of what's the what's the <laughs> what am I thinking of here? All I have to mention is the word alcohol, you're probably going to get it, but um, and not Merce, but uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. Ray Mondo. But yeah, right. definitely had Ray Parler. And was that I think presumably, like every,
1: one... like, every other table has sort of a ready supply of red and white wine, and anyone on Ray Parler's table is yeah. just drinking Cobra bombs.
2: Cobra <laughs> bombs. There you go. That's it, isn't it? What's the shot he always does, Ray? The... Oh, I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. It's a Jaeger bomb, isn't it? Yeah, Jager bomb. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Right. Well, anyway, we're six minutes in. We haven't even talked about football yet. We talked about <laughs> weddings and... and uh, and, yeah, weddings, uh, basically. Incorrect. So uh, I think everyone's going kind to of switched off by now. So let's talk about what was a amazing night last night, having Arsenal back in the Champions League. And it was very special. Mikel Arteta was speaking about afterwards and how emotional it was. And just hearing the anthem again, how the players had been building up to it. We'd heard from Gabriel Jesus in the build-up the players have been playing the song in the gym in the preparation for the game. And you sort of went into it and were wondering, you know, would the occasion... Be a little bit too much for them, would they be to get too carried away? And and sometimes that can work against teams, but it definitely didn't work against Arsenal last night, did it? It was a it was a fantastic performance. Now I've just I want to go into another little game actually before we really get stuck into this. Um so this was Arsenal's first. Oh, I've just taken you off the screen, James. I apologize. <laughs> this was Arsenal's okay. first um Champions League game since that 5-1 against Bayern at the Emirates, the yeah. fateful 10-2 on aggregate. Can you name me the starting eleven from that game against Bayern Munich? How many players do you think you could name in that starting eleven?
1: Oh Lord, I suspect not as many as as I would like. Uh, if I go from back to front, Pettercek? No. Fuck or Ospina then? Yeah. Jeez. That's I can see where it all went wrong. Bellerin. Yeah. Uh Monreal on the other flank. And then kashelny and Per? No. Gabrielle,
2: No. Mr. Catastrophe. No, wait, who? Mr. Catastrophe.
1: Mr. Catastrophe. 30, oh. £35 Mr. million, pounds. yeah. Mr. Jesus, I can't believe we kept it to 10. Um, and then I'm going to say Cochalan and... Santi's pretty much out of the picture Coughlin
2: by then. Cochalan didn't play. Oh, right. Oh, of course, Xhaka. Yep.
1: Ramsey? Yep. Ozil?
2: No, Ozil didn't play in that eh? game.
1: I don't know why. Uwebe?
2: No. Oxlade-Chamberlain was in midfield Ox- with Xhaka and Ramsey. And then, yeah, up front, we had Olivier Giroud flanked by who? Sanchez.
1: Side. Yep. I'll be in his. He'll have been in his uh, chasing the ball around manically phase and giving it away every three minutes. Uh,
2: I'm going to say Walcott. Yeah, he scored, didn't like he? Not... Walcott scored. I think he made one nil, didn't yeah. he, in the first half? Yeah. yeah. That's a good, good effort, mate. I definitely would not have got anything like well, that. I
1: mean, to be honest, that's not even what I remember of that game. I mean, you talk about a sort of sea change of atmosphere. That was, I don't know if it was the first one, but it was certainly a, a, um, one of the many games where there was a sort of those marches from Highbury to... Uh, to the oh, yeah. emirates i think it might have been the first one it was certainly the one where i remember someone comparing arsene wenger to robert Mugabe. Oh
0: God! so
1: yeah. i mean you t- talk about a sea change in atmosphere and i don't think anyone that day even though we all sort of sensed it might not be next season that Arsenal are back in the champions league i don't think anyone would have thought it's going to be six years before we uh, before we kick a ball but that felt like one of the lowest ebbs and you know, I think it kind of gets forgotten because of things like Baku, but that there was real animosity between supporters there, um, and a huge. I mean, animosity and indifference. Yeah, and it was it was so dispiriting. And like the contrast between last night, when for me, like the and I, you know, I, I actually wasn't that excited beforehand. You know, I, I particularly because. With working at CBS, I tend to associate the Champions League with sort of nights where I get to bed at like 4 a.m. because I've been working nonstop and love the work. But you know, you don't always look forward to those nights. But the minute you sort of walk up and you see the the, the Champions League hoardings around M- the Emirates and you kind of hear that crackle in the air, felt really special and mm-hmm. really, really one of the most fun nights this grand scene in a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really special night, I think, in and- when it was a perfect night, wasn't it? I mean, if you'd asked Mikel at the start at the start of the week, you know what what would be your perfect outcome on on Wednesday night, and pretty much what happened is what he would have predicted, wouldn't it? You know, three 0 up at half time, it gives you it gives you the opportunity to rest some players ahead in North London derby in the second half, um, score early on. Sort of such a. I, I spoke about it on my show this morning, but the fact that it was Bukayo who scored that first goal, Arsenal's first goal back in the championship, it was so fitting. I thought given the part of he's played in getting Arsenal to where they are now and turning things around and basically picking the club up on his teenage shoulders yeah. a couple of years ago and carrying them to this point. And obviously now he's got great players all around him, but it certainly wasn't the case when he first came into the team. And he's been so central to, um to what's gone on over the last few years. And I thought it was a really, really great moment for him to score that goal and Arsenal's first goal back. And once that went in, it just eased the nerves if there were any nerves anyway and, they could just settle down and you know, PSV played into Arsenal's hands, no doubt about it. And you know, But Arsenal were so clinical, weren't they? They really were. I'd, I said in the build-up to the game, I thought someone was going to get a bit of a hammering pretty soon from Arsenal. It felt like it was coming and yeah, you know, obviously it certainly came last night and there was the quality of the goals were outstanding. Uh, completely. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there by
1: saying that sort of PSV played into Arsenal's hands because it was almost a little bit of a shock of seeing a team other than other than city just sort of go i mean a team go ahead a team go head to head with arsenal that are clearly like inferior to them i know this is a team that plays some excellent football and you know last year when they had a, a much better front three they kind of ripped uh, arsenal to shreds a little bit in eindhoven but mm. i thought it was it's, it's real naivety in the way that they they left their back four kind of isolated to deal with um saka trossard and, and Jesus. And I, I agree with you that it felt like there was something coming. I don't know if you got this sense, but for me, there was still like, like, yeah, it felt like Arsenal were getting close to the team that was going to absolutely smash someone. But then the minute that Jesus came back in, it just all, it, it, it elevated to this, this other level. There's a, a harmony, uh, a bit of joy and a bit of uh, randomness. Maybe that Jesus sprinkles into this game. I thought he was like nothing short of sensational. I know Erdegaard got the man of the match. award. could have given it to 10 players. But for me, the level just rises with Jesus in the team. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah. I mean, Mikael says it doesn't he? he says he brings chaos when he's at his best. He just brings chaos to the training ground and to the pitch. And, and he does, it's just that movement defenders can't deal with him. They don't know where he, where he's going to go. You know, if he drifts out wide, if he stays in the central areas. And you know, I think the one thing you always question about Jesus is his finishing and, Um, But that was a brilliant finish last night. The touch was great. The actual, the the touch he did in the start of that move that kind of started it all off was absolutely brilliant as well. That A lot of people sort of glossed over, but it was just everything that was good about Jesus showcased in that, in that move. And um, yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was exceptional. And, you know, I could understand Eddie starting at Goodison. I think last week I kind of predicted he would start that one, but you could see it against Man United when Jesus came back, that he was getting there and, um, yeah, he really hit top gear yesterday it was him and Odegaard were just done at an absolute other level. And um yeah, just I, I agree. When it, when he's playing and he's playing well, Arsenal are a completely different team and, and they looked it last night.
1: was so on brand though that having said all of that, the best chance of the game falls to Gabby Jesus. Was it Saka with the cutback? It comes from the right, and he misses that. And I do just think there is something like wonderful about how. Jesus gets everything right. But when you sort of present him with the, the very easiest, you know, the instinctive goals, they just sometimes never quite break for, for Jesus. It doesn't matter because the guy's probably, he may well score you a different one and uh, he will certainly make sure your teammates do. But um, yeah, he just, uh, the other thing that really struck me, especially with, and I'm sure we'll come to talk about Raya and Ramsdale later, but Raya went long, Quite a bit, I thought, and you know, Jesus is. This isn't necessarily new, but he, his strength and tenacity when it comes to winning these these high balls. I haven't got the numbers in front of me. I might try and get them up, but I'm certain he wins an awful lot more aerial duels than than I would expect from a player of his his height. He is not a uh, he's not a tall guy, and he's he's not physically imposing, but he just won't give up the fight for any pass, any long ball at all. And it it really makes it quite hard to overcome him.
2: It. it does. And yeah. I think it's exactly that going back to the chaos word. Again, it's just that he just does not give a defender. Doesn't matter how big they are, doesn't matter maybe how many yards in front of him that they are, he will chase everything down. He will fight for absolutely everything and he will just cause constant problems. And when he's at his best, Arsenal are a completely different position. It's it's easy to forget just how transformational he was during the first few months last mm. season when he came into the team. He was just he took the team to an immediately to another level. He was that that good. And yes, he went on that little barren patch to 10, 10 games was it leading up to the World Cup before he got the injury. Yeah. But even in those ten games when he wasn't scoring, there was never any doubt about whether he should be playing or not because he was still. I remember the game at uh, Stamford Bridge. You know, when Arsenal won one nil, Gabriel got this sort of scrappy goal from the corner. Yes. Jesus missed missed a header in that first half, which would have been just one of the great team goals. Just brilliant from Arsenal. And but he was he was just amazing that day. Even though he missed the chances, he was just unbelievable. He caused Chelsea so many problems. It was a brilliant, brilliant striker's performance. And um, yeah, and if he can get back to that sort of form, and we're certainly seeing signs that maybe he he is already after this latest injury, then you know that's great news for Arsenal because he, he's such a good player and I can't wait to see him against Romero at uh, the week. Yes <laughs> I
1: was going to say the exact same thing uh, uh that he is a striker that can certainly bait some uh some very silly decisions out of centre-backs and Romero needs precious little baiting it has to be said.
2: He does he does well look for I mean Mikel I've got some quotes here from Mikel after the game um talking about it and you know, how happy he was and saying how emotional it was just listening to the music and the atmosphere that was in the stadium. Um, you know, how it, just how he got the sense over the past 48 hours how the sort of where the players were and, and stuff like that. And he, he talked a lot after the game in pretty much every media interview he did about how Arsenal were great in both boxes. He called them phenomenal in both boxes. Did say that he still had a little bit of a problem, what was going on between both boxes. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't absolutely happy with the performance. And I can kind of understand that because PSV, you know, Arsenal, they did cause Arsenal a few problems and did uh, when they got out wide and uh, and stuff. There was there was a bit of space that they're exploiting. They never really had too many glorious chances. You can't think of any great saves that Raya had to make whenever he was called into action. It was fairly comfortable, but I can see why there's certainly still room for improvement for for Arsenal and Arteta will one hundred percent see that. But I think on the whole, when he talks about how good they were in both boxes. They really, really were. I mean, the finishing was was absolutely clinical, wasn't it? So the goals were of the highest quality. It's funny
1: when you, you talk about him being unhappy about what was happening in between the boxes. It was really apparent right the way up to the second goal. Something Martin Erdegaard was doing, and I couldn't fully see what it was, but on more than one occasion, I saw Arteta go mad after Erdegaard hadn't made a pass or... You know, maybe he made the wrong pass. And I think it's after the second goal, Erdegaard is sort of cut, summoned over and Arteta's, you know, his his usual manic self with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about it. Jesus. I thought Saka, real poachers instinctive. Did you, I mean, this is something that obviously really interested me as a, a an employee of a US company. Did you see serginho Dest, his defending of the, the uh, opening goal? It yeah. is the, the worst defending I've seen in the Champions League. <laughs> it's not just that, you know, I, I know he's not a great defender. So it's not just that he just like gets blown by by Saka. Yeah. But he then just sort of like st- 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 stands on hands on shoulders hands on hips, just sort of looking around. Oh, uh, ball's rebounded there. Oh, look, there's Saka. Atrocious. Um, I mean, it was almost like the inverse story for PSV. I thought they were really poor in and around both boxes. I know Noah Lang got a lot of love. I thought he was rubbish. He was just taking shots from 30 yards out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe that that's actually what kind of swung it Arsenal's way. I think this contest could have gone a little differently if PSV had, had made better decisions like Arsenal did. I mean, when we talk about both boxes though, just a little word on, on Gabriel and Saliba just the authority, the composure of them. I thought Gabriel was great at hitting every cutback. Every PSV cutback went miles away. Um, and then there was that moment, wasn't there in the 65th minute with Saliba. Is it Lang? I think is like, Oh, might have him here. He's made a bit of a heavy touch. The faint or whatever you want to call it to get away.
2: Like, yeah, it was, that, that is was one it. of those moments that there's that, those great moments where you just hear the whole a whole stadium just sort of yeah. in have a big intake of breath and just like bloody hell, that was good. You could just hear it, everyone goes, like, whoa, it was yeah, yeah, that was it was just he is a Rolls Royce of a of a centre back, isn't it? He really, really is.
1: And it's so encouraging to see that come from these players on their Champions League debut. I know Gabriel played for Lille, but you know, Saliba, Rice, Saka. Oh, Trossard, none of them looked overawed, mm. and you know, you and I have seen plenty of Arsenal players just freeze on this big stage, often against sort of the best teams. But you know, quite often against teams they're supposed to be much better than it's so encouraging to see how they how they responded to to what was a, an intense occasion emotionally.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was a perfect start. I mean, you just got to win your home games. It's going to be obviously much tougher. Arsenal go to Lons next and. No, have had a pretty atrocious start to the season. I think they're mm. bottom in France, but they got a good draw at Sevilla last night. Actually, should have won it. Actually, they missed a couple of really good chances in the second half to win that game. But that is going to be one hostile atmosphere over in France yeah. for that game. It is going to be brutal. And um it's just so important to get off to a winning start at home. You just got to win those home games in the Champions League group stages and Arsenal have did that. David Raya um started in goal again um after starting at Everton. <laughs> He's been so much talked about this, but were you surprised yesterday that he started? I, I had Ramsdale in my predicted eleven for yesterday, after Raya started at Everton. Did did you or were you expecting him, Raya? I thought and um, I
1: thought Raya would get this game actually. I, I almost thought the Everton game would be like we're warming him up so he doesn't make Champions League his debut in the Champions League on a big
2: night. So do you think Ramsdale will go for the derby?
1: I just about still do, do kind you? of talking to to, just you know listening. I, I, this isn't like you know, I'm, there's no reporting here, but just listening and you know watching your show, talking to to guys in the press box and all that. I do wonder, and you know, I've said all along. I think Raya will eventually be Arsenal's first choice in the big games. Uh, I think there's something particular about Ramsdale's character that that you think would suit, well that we know suits the North London derby. But you, you th- do you think that's it now?
2: I, I don't know. I keep honestly, I keep changing at, least, my mind. at least four now. I keep changing my mind. Like I, I thought Ramsdale in goal yesterday, and then when I saw that Rye was in goal, I was like, oh, is that it? Is this is this actually the the changing of the guard? But then the more I think about it, the more what you said there of was Everton just a. And we're going to give you that game to warm up for the Champions League rather than throwing you straight into the Champions League and then does that mean that Ramsdale comes back in for Sunday so I don't know I keep sort of I keep changing my opinion on it but I think I'd be more surprised now turning up on Sunday and seeing Ramsdale in goal than yeah. I would seeing Raya in goal it, it kind of feels like with this is the change and it's come early and I thought it was a change I absolutely expected to happen at some point this season but I wasn't expecting this early. You know, you, you kind of felt like Aaron needed to make a couple of mistakes or something for it to happen, but he hasn't done that. I don't think. And for it just to happen exactly the same point that it happened with Leno and then Ramsdale, it's just really, really interesting. And um, yeah, I would just be more, I think Ryan gets it on Sunday. Now I thought it was great yesterday as well. And um, cause it was, I mean, it's horrendous conditions for a goalkeeper. Yeah. He didn't have anything remarkable to do in terms of saves. All the saves he did have to make were fairly comfortable and he did them well, but just in those conditions, it was terrible. You see for the first goal, you know, the, the PSV keeper spilling Odegaard's shot and not turning it around the post and you know just putting it into Saka's path. It was so easy to make mistakes for the goalkeeper yesterday. But everything that Ryah did was really comfortable, really controlled. A couple of misplaced passes in the second half. But other than that, I thought it was a really it was everything that David Ryer is basically yesterday. That if there are any nerves, he certainly doesn't seem to be showing them over the first couple of appearances. And um so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm on the side that I think Raya probably starts on Sunday now.
1: Yeah, I sh- I think you are right. I mean, what I certainly am of the view of is this is the this is the game where we'll know is Arteta but was Arteta just saying, you know, I would substitute my goalkeepers. There is no number one. This is the same as me picking Vieira over Havertz. And at the moment, I I feel like he sort of says it with such force that it almost does feel like it's like he's just saying it. He, you know, He's trying to shut down the conversation. You
2: know. I thought Henri was good on know. it. Did you see CBS? Did you see the, the Schmeichel? I should have. Yeah, I was going to say you definitely. But I was at the crowd. Yes, now. <laughs> You've been doing the rounds all day this morning. I was watching it on the on the clip on social media this morning, the conversation, and I thought Henri was really, really good on it. And, like, they were all – I think Schmeichel was kind of – having to go at Arteta a bit for the handling of the situation. But Henry was just like, look, you're not the co- coach. We're not, I'm not the coach. Mikel Arteta is the coach. And if he thinks David Reyes is the goalkeeper that can win Arsenal the league, then he's going to play him. And mm. you've just got to be ruthless in these sorts. Of- and and I thought he was right. It's like, as much as we all really like Aaron Ramsdale, and we do, and he's done nothing wrong. In fact, he's done lots right since he signed for Arsenal. The more you think about it, you're like, there is really no room for friendship or, you know, letting letting your feelings for someone sort of cloud the the judgment here if you've got two goalkeepers and you've got one that you think is better than the other and you're trying to win the Premier League and the Champions League you are going to play the one that you think is better than the other and I mean who do you think is a better goalkeeper Raya or Ramsdale David Raya said it all along and I I think that as well and so um I just think he plays doesn't he? he
1: he does the thing I would say is what you, you, for supporters, there is this thing. You know, I, I I said this in my piece today. I think Ramsdale is the guy that is emblematic of, or at least the signing that is emblematic of Arsenal's rise. He's the one that Gary Neville was like. Well, I don't know if it was actually specifically related to him, but
2: just blame him. You know, uh, he's a good person yeah, to blame.
1: Who's gonna? Which Arsenal fans are going to come to Gary <laughs> Neville's defense? Um, you know, it's the I don't know what Arsenal are doing signing. He, you know, he is. He's the the player that supporters fell in love with, isn't he? From minute minute one, not just for his footballing qualities, his goal, his saves, it's his character. And those guys are really hard to, to to tear yourself away from. But you better get used to it because Arteta's done it with Partey, and you know, obviously the affection there is not quite as strong as it is for for Ramsdale. He's done it with, you know, we we we've talked about this before. We we think there will be business going on at striker in the in the summer that may well mean that that you have to accept the idea that gabriel jesus next season isn't the guy isn't the number nine because arsenal have found someone that better i don't know you know i mean ben white another that are, the Arsenal supporters absolutely love but maybe one day Ray. gabriel yeah emil smith, emil smith, wrote, smith Ray, yeah. yeah there are players that that may get left behind um and if Arsenal are going in the right direction, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, it happened. The same things happened early in Arsen Wenger's reign, didn't they? You know, some of those. Well, when great... he sold Murden, when he sold Murden, you know, Ian ran, Wright, Mars Ian. came in.
2: Yeah, right. He let go for an Elka. It just. I think the difference with Ramsdale is he's not obviously not ageing. He's still very, mm. very young. And it just didn't feel like it was something no one was expecting going into the summer, was it? No one was expecting Arsenal to suddenly bring in, you know, David Ryder just given Ramsdale a brand new contract like about a month yeah. before. He well, I mean, very... Arsenal weren't, were they? No, I think it was... They thought he was turn... going to Spurs. Yeah, and that Turner went and uh, Turner decided he wanted to go and then Arsenal had to do something, didn't they? And they kind of and they turned to David Raya and maybe this was something they did earlier than they expected, but
1: it was pretty yeah. savage from Raya. Um, we chatted to him in the mix zone last night, um, yeah. savage moment where he said, I think this is the first time Arsenal or any club has, any team has had two top goalkeepers. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think that's a slight on Matt, uh, Matt Turner, although it felt a little bit like it in the moment. Um, it's probably more, I think a r- reminder of how Raya views himself. Mm. Um, Definitely a slight though, I thought on Manuel Almunia and, and Jens Lehmann or right. Cech and Ospina. Or, Cech and I mean, Ospina. the obvious one is Leno and Martinez. So take your pick, yeah. David.
2: I I go back to when Arsenal signed David Seaman, you know, they had John Lukic in goals, yeah. just won the league in 1990. In the 89, you know, it was such a important, it's such an important player and George Graham's team, like I said, first division title winner in that famous side at Anfield 89. And, um, I saw Tim Stillman. It was a good tweet. He 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 referenced this, and I think George Graham's quote at the time was, "I think John Lukic is one of the best goalkeepers in England. I just think David Seaman's the best." And you know, it was that ruthless. It was, and 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 you know, there's a lot of similarities with this one, I think. And yeah, I mean, it's an intriguing one. I I get lots of people keep saying, "Why are you always talking about Aaron Ramsdale? Why why uh, why is the media making such a big thing about this?" But. I think from people who are sort of watching from a, a broad, you know, Ramsdale's very, very close to being England number one. He just started yeah. against Scotland and was putting an awful lot of pressure on Jordan Pickford. So I think that's why it's such a big story over here is that, you know, it's just because of his how influential he is and how close he is to being England's number one goalkeeper ahead of the Euros. I think that's why there's so much, so much focus being put on, put on this and so many questions continue to be asked to Mikel Arteta about it.
1: I, I think pretty much any member of Arsenal's sort of 11 from last season, um, you know, any of the the guys we thought of as can't miss starters. I think that w- you would have the same conversations about Ben White to an extent. You know, you there's an argument that, like you say, in potential England number one and a very outspoken uh vibrant character like Ramsdale is going to draw more sort of newspaper headlines than, say, if Gabriel were to, to be replaced at left centre-back. But it's, just, um, it's a big talking point, you know, It's mm. and um, I think it kind of justifies the coverage it gets. Um, I absolutely think it's in proportion with how significant a step this is for, uh, for Arteta.
2: Yeah, I mean, you were saying here that um, you mentioned you spoke to David Ryer in the mix zone yesterday, I thought, and this was that quote you were talking about, wasn't it? So I think it's the first time that two top goalkeepers are in the same team, so that it's just part of football now, and the gaffer wants two top players for each position, and that is what we have to work with. I've played the last two games, and now we see what happens on Sunday. So he doesn't know who's going to be in goal on Sunday. although he might. I was di- directly asked any assurances. None, at all. None uh-huh. at all. How did he come across in the mix zone? Was he, you know... I've never spoken to him before. What's the, you know, Aaron's Aaron's such a confident guy, you Mm. know, he's great in the mix zone, but, you know, is that how do you sort of, how have you guided the character of Raya?
1: I mean, much like Aaron, a very good talker. I mean, really fitting into the Hector Bellerin mold of uh, Spaniards, you think, have been in England for so long, they might even be developing a bit of a a local accent. Um, I think, I mean, I think that the, the most impressive thing actually is that he spoke because, like we were just saying, he knows this is a a huge story. Yeah. Uh, and in many ways, the best way to to deal with it is to get your voice out there. Um, Arteta's not wanting to talk about it very much, but that just leaves, frankly, that leaves gaps that that you and I, when we write about this, when we talk about this, we have to fill with something. So, you know, we have to reflect the fact. And you know, my piece I have to say, David Raya says. This battle still, you know, this shirt's still up for grabs. There's nothing decided, so you know, whatever we might think, David Ryer is a much better informed source on the battle to be Arsenal starting goalkeeper. Um, yeah, spoke really well. I think there was certainly a moment where it's like, oh God, what have I got myself in for? <laughs> Maybe sort of realised like, ah, you know, I am, I am the big uh, topic of conversation. Myself and Aaron are the the real talking point for the next few weeks. But I um, mean, you know. Big credit for him for coming out. He he really didn't need to. I and mean, you know what that Arsenal mix zone's like. And I think he thought he got away from us. <laughs> that myself, Mark, Ran Simon, Collings, hurtling towards him. David, a word. And yeah, um, credit to him for uh, for speaking out. And I think actually, it's it's really valuable to get that reminder from within the dressing room that look, this isn't decided yet. It's all still up for grabs, uh, and we shall see how that plays out on Sunday.
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Right. Got some questions now. Sort of second part of this. And I thought it was a good one to start off because it was about Raya and Ramsdale. Uh, it's from Will. It says, Raya showing why is such an improvement on Ramsdale. Even in horrid condition, his di- distribution was much calmer despite a couple of misplaced passes and he even completed more accurate long balls, 12 than Ramsdale has in four whole games this year. Didn't have to make any big saves part, um, partially because of how well he commands his area. He deals with his crosses before an attacker, even has a chance, which is something Ramsdale needs to improve on. You can feel the calmness at the back with him there. And I hope he starts every game moving forward. I think he's going to start every game. I think Ramsdale will certainly being in the Carabao cup um, uh, next week. So, he's he's certainly going to get some game time in the next week or so um but it's tough to argue with him here mm. Will. i think most of the things he says there is actually absolutely spot on and i think it would be interesting and they're never going to tell us but you, you know they're still getting used to Ryer, obviously but it'd be very interesting to know what the defenders think about it or you know how they how they feel who they who they prefer to to have behind them um i think that would be a very very telling thing not that, that we'll ever find out
1: oh no <laughs> I- I, I do think I think the thing that intrigues me the most because there are, there are bits there I would I would take issue with. I wonder to an extent if, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, did Raya just complete lots of long passes because Gabriel Jesus is a slightly more likely to win those duels than than Eddie Nketiah? You know, he he is just better at battling with defenders. I, I mean, that's just a question. Like we don't have enough to really know, but I think the calmness at the back is the is the thing that shines through. You have to bear in mind that it's a very easy being calm when you're four 0 up against PSV. I know he did much the same against Everton, but you know, Ramsdale looked skittish against crystal palace because that was a situation that makes players get skittish. So we sort of need to know a bit more. Um And like you, every game feels a, a real, re- I just think, don't you think this happens quite a lot with, with every football club, but especially with Arsenal, the new signing has has not had a chance for us to to in to, you know to embed their mistakes. You yeah. know we we only know about Raya's brilliant passes to Ivan Tony. Everyone watches YouTube compilations, and um, you know not not that many fans go to the effort of making YouTube compilations of someone's worst moments. So we only know what's good about uh, Raya, and I think we've there's a real rush to forget some of Aaron Ramsdale's brilliant moments mm. and his brilliant displays you know Liverpool Leicester I c- could name a lot of games where Aaron Ramsdale's won points for Arsenal Do you, yeah. I mean just is it unre- has has Aaron Ramsdale just he hasn't become a worse goalkeeper just because David Raya signed
2: no no he's a very, very very good goalkeeper like i said he's been so important to what's got on at Arsenal over the last couple of years um and i think you're right when when a new sign <laughs> sign in arrives, it's like the first Fans' Player of the Month award. Yeah, <laughs> it always goes to a new signing, doesn't I think Declan Rice got it this month uh, in August, and it always the first. You go back again. I think Tim Stillman um, tweeted about this, and he like did a previous list of recent winners of the first month of the season. It's always a new signing because, yeah. like I said, you don't see the bad things early on; you just see all the good things, and um, and they always make that big impact. And 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 Rice done that, and I think it's we need to sort of take a step back, don't we, and look maybe a month down the line, six weeks down the line once he's had more than just two games against teams who've really offered very, very little before we really make a, make a judgment. But uh, the
1: one thing I would say is at least this isn't Man United because it sort of seems like immediately when they sign someone all they go, Oh God, he's terrible.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a brilliant position for Arsenal to be in for Arteta to be in for a season. And it's probably only going to last a season because, Ultimately, one of them is going to leave because yeah. can't, this can't continue. It's not going to happen. There's no way if if it is Ryan goal for the foreseeable future. Now, Ramsdale is going to want to go in the summer. It's just it's just obvious. He's not going to want to sit on the bench. Um, and so one of them ultimately will go at some point because it's not a long-term thing. No matter what Mikel Arteta says, I just cannot see he's going to be able to keep them both happy. Uh, but for this season, at least, it's a fantastic position for Arsenal to mm. be in to have keepers of this quality that you can rotate if you want to rotate. And if one of them gets injured, you can bring in another one in. And there is just, very, you know, it's it's a it's a dream for a manager, even if it is only for uh, for one season. Okay, there's a couple here on smith Row. Brilliant, wasn't it? That, that noise oh. wore Smith-Rowe when he came on. Such a nice moment. Mikel said afterwards he felt very emotional about it. So I'll play him a little bit more, Mikel, and then probably won't have to. Um, David says, can smith Row force his way into the team? Dominic here says... Uh, <laughs> After telling us to make an extra time for five to five thirty so he can listen to it on his train journey home. He says eighty, hey, mi- 80 minutes. I know eighty oh, minutes. We we need to pad this over. Um, listen to it on half speed. Given this was ESR's first outing of the season, where do you see him fitting in this season, both positionally and his future? Which I sincerely hope is us because I love watching him, as I'm sure he'll have aspirations to play um at the Euros next summer. I mean, it was great to see him on come on and the cheer that he got was just a clear sign that everyone else felt exactly the same. Everyone wanted to see him. He got his chance. I thought he played well when he came on. I thought him and Reese Nelson made a big, big impact down that left-hand side. They caused PSV a lot of problems. Both of them were heavily involved in Odegaard's goal. It was a bit of a heavy touch from, or heavy pass from Smith Rowe, almost lost possession, but then he he showed a lot of strength to win it back. He found Reese, Reese found Odegaard and it went in. Um, so it was just good to see him involved again, and hopefully it's just going to be the first of, of many appearances for him this season. What, what do you think?
1: yeah I really hope so. um you know that I am a huge fan of his of his game. I think there are qualities he has that none of the none of the other options we look at as eights really have he he gets shots, he gets in positions he you know kind of like Jesus, of course not to the same level, but he does have that little sprinkling of chaos to his game. you know balls tend to break his way. I like all those qualities about him. And they still just go, oh, I don't know where he fits in. Um, no. And we have to remember
2: that, that Martinelli wasn't around yesterday. And exactly. So there was one less sort of attacking midfielder stroke winger.
1: It was interesting though, that yeah. Vieira came on at the right wing, by the way, I think maybe it was just sort of the, the Emirates was like, okay, we've got to make sure that Fabio knows we love him too, because that was the loudest I've heard the Vieira chant since about 2006. Yeah. Um, it, 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 there, like, there is, um, you know, if v- potentially Vieira gets more minutes on the right wing w- now that we feel like he's settled, if he's learned, you know, it, I mean, you, you want to use him at left center center mid while he's playing well there, but if he's also just got up to speed with the Premier League, there's nothing stopping him from covering for for Saka for a bit. That yeah. opens up minutes for Smith <sighs> But I do, f- I do, I, I do get the sense that unless I'm sure we'll see him in the Carabao Cup, but it feels like there's a really, really big gap. And I think as much of his opportunity is going to come on, come from, like you say, a few more injuries like Martinelli's, maybe Havertz, who I thought was a lot better last Mm. night. If it doesn't quite click there and I'm not uh, at all saying that, you know, Havertz should be dropped or anything remotely like that. But I'm saying that, you know, he, If Arteta decides he needs to take more time integrating him, that might open up opportunities. But look, you know, I'm saying all these things. I still just don't think we're going to see much of him. And I certainly don't think, yeah, you know, mentioning the Euros there makes you think, could this be a situation that comes to a head in January? I hope not.
2: I can't see Arsenal letting him go in January, but I think in the summer it might, they'll certainly have a decision to make, and he'll have a decision to make if he's not going to get many game, many minutes. But ultimately, it's down to him as well. If he comes, if he get does get these opportunities, he really makes his mark when he does get them. In the few opportunities he gets, then he can force his way into Mikel Arteta's thinking. Yeah. Like you, you mentioned, the Brentford game there, although it's the Carabao Cup, it's still a big opportunity for him to sort of step up and show what he can do and. Um, it doesn't take much to turn things around. Just look at Fabio Vieira. He's, I mean, he just looks a different. I thought he was great when he came on yesterday, Vieira. And he just looks like a completely different player. The transformation in him from the end of last season to the start of this season is just remarkable. He just looks so hungry, determined. Every time he's on the pitch, he wants to make things happen. He wants the ball. Everything that he wasn't last season, he is now. And, you know, it's fair play to him because he has absolutely turned around the, um, perception of him at Arsenal. And like you said, the cheers last night, the chant that was going around, you think back to the end of last season when there was groans when he was coming on the pitch or and, or he was being cheered when Mikel was taking him off the pitch. And it's just the change of the turnaround has been so, so rapid and drastic.
1: Quickly, because I know you... you that there's loads of Derby co- preview content to come from you, but do you think he's the one that starts on Sunday? I think,
2: yeah, I've, I've got Viera in my predicted 11 for the, for the Derby. I think he'll come in. I thought Havertz played very well. Yes, he mm. was definitely Havertz's best performance. Uh, very well might be pushing it. I thought he played well um, mm. in both positions and had some really nice moments, but I still think the way that Viera is playing right now, I still think I'd, I'd, be, I'd be having Vieira in that, in that role rather than Havertz for Sunday.
1: yeah. I I, I, th- I think so. That Spurs midfield could. I mean, I, Arsenal are much better. But, uh, you know, the physicality of someone like Saar up against, well, up against Vieira, but then Arsenal can I dominate the ball Goodison with though, him. And and... I thought he was
2: yeah. fine at Goodison. Exactly. Vieira. I thought he really dealt with it really, really well. And he just, he looks like he can. When I say he looks like a new player, he almost looks like he can handle that now. He, he likes it. Mm. Whereas before he was hiding away from that. It was blatantly obvious in the second half of last season. He was, he looked scared at times, but. Doesn't look that now, and I think it, the form that he's in, the way he looks when he's on the pitch, I just think you've got to harness that and you've got to play him when you've got a player in that sort of form. He's clearly feeling it, and so I'd, I'd be I'd be starting him ahead of habits.
1: I certainly would have no fear at all with him. St- well, minimal, as little fear as one can have. Before a North London derby.
2: Yeah, I know that feeling. Right. Here's one from Gax who said, Who do you think the best finisher at Arsenal is? I personally feel Trossard is the obvious answer, but some of my friends tell me it's Odegaard. What do you think? I thought this was a really good question. I like that. And I know you. And I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know the answer. I was trying to work this out before when I was looking at it and I was going through, and I was thinking, I think right now I would say Odegaard. I think if I've got a position, if I'm if I've got a player going through on goal, who would I want that player to be? I don't know because maybe that's a little bit of a different situation. I mm. think it got breaks to someone outside the box. The way like Odegaard's goal yesterday, you knew you knew he was going to score that. Yeah, I felt so confident he was going to pick out the corner with that. But maybe if you was this, a, somebody... it's
1: Tim Stillman tweet as well, or was it? It was. It might have been Johnny Singer, maybe. I don't, but someone I saw was. Oh, I was Lewis Ambrose was saying it, It's a bit like Messi with Odegaard on the edge of the box where
2: you just go like, yeah, it's going in this. This is wherever it is.
1: It's going
2: in. And when you think when he first came to Arsenal, which wasn't that long ago, Mm -hmm. that was his kind of weak point. It was, oh, he needs to score more goals in these positions. He needs to be a better finisher. And now he's just picking out the corner every single time. He just looks such a threat. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Best finisher Arsenal. I think given the current form, you would say you would say probably Odegaard at the moment but I think Trossard is a very good shout. He, it was ridiculous that he's only, sco- he'd only scored one goal before the Everton game for Arsenal. Like really mad considering how good he is. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think Trossard's a really good finish. He, the form he's in, the goal at Everton, the goal he scored for Belgium as well during the international break and the goal he scored last night, you know, he's clearly absolutely full of confidence in front of the goal now. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I, I'd probably say Odegaard. I think he'd be my choice.
1: I'm going Trossard. You I know is. what it is? It's, I suppose if you're sort of saying you put someone in their ideal position, maybe it's Erdegaard. But if the ball just sort of, let's say it's, you know, landing at someone in the box, there's a defender coming towards them. I feel like Trossard has more ways of scoring. He's so two-footed. We've seen that, Mm. uh, you know, left foot, right foot goals in the last few games. Um, Like, I agree with you, Erdegaard is the most precise. We've not even mentioned Saka, by the way, who... um, Quite a decent I, left foot
2: on him. He has got a good left foot, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Martinelli's finish at Everton was great yeah the disallowed goal, but I wouldn't have him it's I, was, I, was, no I, one's, wouldn't, I mean, the is... Have easy. Yeah.
1: Eddie and Ketier?
2: Not at the moment, I mean, no. I think Eddie right. of chances he hasn't taken. I think it's between Odegaard and Trossard. I, I agree. If if it was if someone went through one-on-one, I'd want it yeah. to be Trossard. But yeah. I think where when the ball breaks to the edge of the box, I think I'll be going Odegaard at the moment. I think it's definitely a sort of toss of the coin between those two, really. Basically, we haven't answered the question. But
1: Well, I think you're going Odegaard, aren't you? I'll take Trossard. So we have not answered the question, though.
2: Yeah, but Ahmad, I don't know if I am going Odegaard. I've changed my mind now. The fact that I, if I was going a one on one, I'd choose Trossard. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's either of them. Flip a, flip a coin. Who would you want to take a penalty right now more than anyone else in the Arsenal team?
1: Yeah, Odegaard.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what I'd definitely go Odegaard at the moment. Um, here's one from Trevor. He says, Charles, do you think Odegaard value is in the 100 million when you see what other players cost, you know, who cost that figure? That's the figure I'd put him on. Arsenal players have increased the value of the club. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't even know what you'd put Odegaard on now, especially if stroke when he signs his new contract, which hopefully is going to be very, very soon. I mean, you're, you're pushing 150 million. Out. Yeah. He's He's that young he's that he's got that much more room to improvement on a long-term contract in a premier league club who can score goals, create goals. Who's only going to get better. I mean, you're, you're literally talking 150 million pounds, Mark, aren't you? For, for Martin Odegaard, I think, especially once that new contract signed.
1: I don't, I, I mean, it's almost, sort of, there's no point having a price tag on Yeah, him there is no point. No one can afford him other than teams he wouldn't want to play for. Maybe PSG is the one exception. Um, what a sensational bit of business 30 million pounds nowadays 30 million pounds if your chelsea doesn't even get you uh, you know someone to, to keep your bench warm for 30 million pounds arsenal have got one of the best number 10s in the what number 10s number 8s because he can be a bit of everything in the world um yeah if you know if i was edu someone picked up the phone and said you know what's it going to cost for us to have a conversation about martin edgar I mean, I don't, I don't. I would not take 150
2: mil because I don't. I think it costs. Well, that how do you, much how get... do you replace Martin Odegaard right exactly. now? You just can't. It doesn't matter how many players you sign. Or and I want. You get. I mean, who, who is there? Do I... Oh, the Bellingham. Bellingham. Bellingham, but he's a different player, isn't he? Bellingham, I think to, to Odegaard, they're very, they're very different. As good as they both are, and they are both obviously attacking midfielders. I think they're very, very different in terms of their qualities, but. I don't really know. like that Tom Cannon and I was speaking to him um, for a show we're doing tomorrow, and he was saying sort of in the Premier League, M- Madison's kind of in that same sort of you know that same sort of p- position, that playmaker role. He can score from distance as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, not on he, that level though. Oh, he's not on not, Odegaard's level. No, no, no,
2: not not at all. But you you just look around Europe and think who would who would you place him with? There's there's just no one there. So I I agree. I think you know 150 million maybe would. Open up a conversation just because of purely business sense in terms of Arsenal, but from from my point of view, he's just absolutely priceless. You just don't, he just doesn't have a fee. Yeah. Okay. I think we've got one more now. Is this? I think this is the last one now. Although, in fact, there's two of them on there. Um, and there's a question about the sort of academy players. I mean, Arsenal lost to PSV yesterday in the um in the what's it called? Is Youth it League. Youth Uf- 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 League. Youth League, isn't it? Yeah. It was two one. They when Yeri scored, didn't they? End up losing two one. Um says, hi, Charles James. Such a nice result for the first team, but we lost in the the, uh, Youth Champions League. Uh, We know Arsenal's youth is pretty strong, but compared to City and Chelsea, who heavily spends on recruiting the best talents out there, I think Arsenal need to follow the footsteps to those clubs in order to reach the next level. External solutions for the youth and bolstering the squad will definitely raise the quality of their overall team. Also, we may be able to make better profits from the youth. Arsenal youth system is good, but I think it is not as attractive nor the best in the country so far. And then one below it as well, um, asking... For a question for me and you: What do you think the next breakthrough academy star is going to be? Hopefully hitting. I mean, it's very. It's a tough ask yeah. to get an academy star hitting the heights of Saka. That's yeah, like a one generation time. I mean, probably who Ashley Cole was probably the last before Saka. Mm. Who you would say came through the academy to become one of the best well, in his position. Actually... Unless you think, unless you count sesk I suppose in that. But you don't. Uh, I don't really count him because he got him no. from Barcelona. Um. So I mean yeah, I mean it was a shame they lost in Newfoundland. I don't think Arsenal would be too overly bothered. I think when you look at Arsenal's youth at the moment as well, that team is very, very young. Really mm. young. You know, you've got a lot of sixteen year old players playing in the in the like the twenty ones and the you know, they could easily still be playing for the eighteens at the moment when you talk about you know, Lewis Skelly, Wanieri and and that lot, Cozy Dubry, and that batch who are coming through. It's a very young batch and um yeah, I'd, I. I don't know. I mean, Arsenal put a lot of money into Halen. They put a lot of investment in it. You know, they, they don't they haven't gone down the same route that Chelsea certainly have recently and signing every 18-year-old Brazilian for 10, 20 million pounds and putting them into the academy. I'm not sure Arsenal are ever going to do that. I think they're going to focus much more on the, the local area. And
1: I I would just sort of say on that Chelsea thing, like I mean two things. They're not going in the academy. They're going to Strasbourg and maybe, mm, you know, if, if Bowler gets his way with sporting, they'll be going to sporting. Or, you know, the Cole Palmers and Nani Maduakis, really talented players, but they're going to find themselves sitting on Mauricio Pochettino. I mean, maybe not with Maduakis, I think he's great, but a lot of them will find themselves sat on Pochettino's bench um, and maybe some of them hit. But, you know, it's almost what what Chelsea are doing is is picking up loads of 19, 20-year-olds and, and hurling dice. And actually they're, they're doing this when you talk to sort of people in, in youth football. I'm sure you hear the same kind of doing this at the cost of their academy. A lot of these kids are looking around and going, how on, you know, how on earth? If I'm if I'm a young 16-year-old midfielder, how on earth am I going to get a pathway to the first team when Chelsea have signed Caicedo, Lavia, Fernandez? You know, they have, in theory, they have their midfield for the, the next decade. Um, which, you know, may well, may well have its its ups for Chelsea as well as its downs. You're right that. The batch we have here, you know, the, the names you'd mention in, in response to that second question, the 16 16-year-olds. It may well be, or 17-year-olds, it may well be five years before we see them come through. But actually, like, that's normal, especially for a team. When we're at this level, that Arsenal are now, you've kind of got to think about it in the same way that, that City do, where they had Foden and not many, you know, lot, lots of good players were sold on for profits, like Lavia, Lavia was never going to get in the city team. Mm-hmm. Palmer was probably never going to get in the city team. So you, you're looking at players that may well just sort of be around the fringes of your squad. And, you know, then maybe you sell on hopefully for a bit more than Edu has got for some of his players in the summer. I mean, I, I, ha- I know we haven't answered it. So do you want to put a name on like, who is the best breakthrough Academy star at the moment?
2: I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't. I can't really say that I'm an expert on it. I haven't seen enough of them. You know, I've seen what, I'm sure it's about the same as you for a lot of the the young kids coming through right now, and the ones we all know are the clearly the most talented in the in the in the batch. I think you know what we've seen from he looks great. Lewis Skelly looks great. Cosy Dubry has looked very exciting when I've seen him. Raoul Walters looks like. He's got the. He's probably ahead of those guys in terms of his age and his physical physicality. Mm. Maybe he'll get a, he'll get a go. I thought he might go out on loan. Uh, I was surprised. Norton
1: didn't. Cuffey's the other one as well on out. On yeah,
2: loan. he's doing well, but he's again. I I look at Norton Cuffey. and I, I think Arsenal probably going to end up. He's probably going to end up being sold if he's like you know one of those players that they're putting out on loan to get his profile up and then they'll probably sell him and i'm sure he'll probably be quite happy with that as well to go out and continue his career elsewhere you look at obviously patino what's going on i think swansea's a good move for him and if he has a really good season with swansea then hopefully arsenal will be able to make some money out of him if they decide to sell he's still got a chance of getting a new deal we'll have a year left at that point but um it's hard. It's just where the where where Arsenal are right now. It's it's very hard if you're an academy kid to break into that team. You know, Saka and Smith Rowe came through at a completely different time when Arsenal were really really struggling. It was a perfect time for them. Would they have got got a route through to the first team as easily as they did if they'd have come through right now? I think they probably wouldn't have done. It's just it was it was perfect timing and Arsenal benefited that from that and the players benefit benefited from that and and now when I mean, we were all there last year speaking of Jack Wiltshire and per mert and they understand the challenge that it's facing them now because of the upturning quality at arsenal they know that they're gonna to have to work even harder to get these kids through and it's just gonna be you know it's a it's a really tough business it's really tough to make it and you know when you talk about there being the next Sacker, it's just it's one in a hundred chance that mm. someone will come through and be the next Sacker. it is that difficult to come through and make it and be a Sacker or be a phil foden it's you've got to be not just good, you've got to be great, and it's really, really hard. And hopefully, it will happen, but um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't for a while.
1: I think there's an interesting cultural thing about Arsenal. I know we probably could both attest to this from our, our times covering the club for uh football. London. I think you know the the col- the culture of Cole Wilshire go right the way back to to Rocastle and even before Tony Adams, Merson. Uh, there is a such a desire to find young superstars in a way that actually, and you know, we've seen this literally, you know, on analytics. It doesn't exist at Tottenham, doesn't exist at Chelsea. That, that there's not this yearning to produce more stars of your own. And equally what I think that does for young Arsenal footballers is it puts so much pressure on them. Mm. Charlie Patino has had column inches beyond column inches Miguel Aziz before him as well and they're all they're all you know they're all spoken about as the next Saka the next Smith Rowe so I, I, I'm really conscious now especially that we're out of that environment where we have to do that because it's the job that when we do that we put huge pressure and huge attention on these guys I know they put it on themselves as well and the media is only part of the landscape but I am very conscious that if we every week talk about you know Koscielny, he's a superstar. He's going to be great. He's going to be, you know, hundred games for Arsenal. That's that's really asking a lot of him. And, and yeah. you know, we we're not we're not talking about twenty year olds here. We're talking about kids. So yeah, it is a real. I think it actually we maybe underappreciate because the expectations and the level you can achieve at Arsenal are so high, and the the attention on it is so high. Just how tough it is for these guys at this stage where we are all just starting to talk about them in a way we yeah. don't at other clubs.
2: Well, my downbeat way to end the show. I know it? it's a bit of a downbeat way, isn't it? We sort of <laughs> been a completely upbeat episode and then we end it on a big downer, but, uh, <laughs> <that> <laughs> How is, Charles
1: it. Watson, James Benja ruining kids careers.
2: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we can all look forward to Sunday now and getting back on the winning trail. Huge game. Are you going to be there? I am going to be there. Um,
1: Yes, as ever, feeling a little bit sick. So, I on the subject of weddings, let's bring this whole episode full circle. The last two North London derbies at the Emirates have coincided with friends' weddings, uh, and Arsenal have won them both. Uh, and uh, every, in fact, every North London derby I've attended of recent memory, Arsenal have not won. Um, so, pre apologies. Then. Exactly. Someone feel free to if, if you see me won, on the Holloway we Road, we've
2: won. We've won. I was on Who holiday. For,
1: I was on holiday for the one at Spurs last season, and I was at a wedding for the other one. Uh, I was at a wedding for the one the previous season, Smith Rowe, Aubameyang, that one. Uh, I was there at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for uh, what we what may, we may Don't call the Rob Holding game that, that, that night. Gone out of my mind. I, uh, I think there were. I was there for the. I didn't. Wasn't that the one that Aubameyang missed. I was at the one uh, where Lacazette scored a wonder goal. And I was at the one where Thomas Partey got pushed on the pitch. Um, I'm cursed. So if you see me in the Holloway Road, anyone, anyone, any Arsenal fan, I will totally understand if you rugby tackle me to the ground and stop me getting in.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, this is going to be my first North London derby sitting in my seat next to my dad. I, I honestly can't even remember. I'm trying to think when the last time I've actually been in the st- been in the stands, it would have been ages and ages ago. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Cannot wait. Fingers crossed we get the job done. Look, mate, it's been a pleasure. As always, we've hit the hour mark. Uh, so, once again, we've gone on longer than we thought we were going to, but it's been great. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday unless you get stuck in an airport somewhere. I think we'll be back next no, Tuesday. Won't no, no, getting to, rid of uh, me, unless I'm in hospital do it because some Arsenal fan has kept me out of the derby. Well, hopefully that is the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Cheers, mate. I'll speak to you soon.
1: Sweet job, Tuesday. Bye, bye.